Hello, everybody. This is Richard Beatty, and we are about to have the second part of this work in progress. A Vietnam veteran who came back to Denver, and he didn't know he was going to be starting a business. He was looking for work, and he was looking for his sole work. Uh, he hears a concrete mixer behind him, and he decides that he's going to uh, begin find out all about concrete. So he was looking for a job in concrete, and he winds up starting a an entrepreneurial venture in concrete, and he has influenced people all over the world. He's innovated that industry. Here's the rest of that story. This part of the story I'm going to call the teaching entrepreneur, or the entrepreneur as teacher. Here's Lowell. When we talked earlier, it also became evident that you're a teacher. Uh, when did you first discover your love for teaching? Actually, it, I do love to teach. And, and I started off uh, as a young man, a junior officer in the Army, uh, as instructor. Uh, I'd been a student, uh, and so I'd observed uh, teachers and, and instructors but I'd never actually done it myself. Now here I was, an advisor in Southeast Asia, and my mission was to teach an indigenous people uh, in that military how to, uh, how to, uh, to, how to fight. And uh, now bear in mind, these people, if they were in their 20s, had never experienced peace. This would have been 1969. And so uh, their excitement about war, uh, or their uh, vigor for war, uh, didn't, it wasn't the same as uh, an American going to that country for a year or two. And so with all the, uh, well, let me just say this. My job to teach them seemed strange to me that I would be teaching a people who had all of their lives experienced war. But I quickly realized that uh, if there was a need for the very thing that I'd been sent to do, and that was to uh, teach uh, how to uh, be effective and counterinsurgent uh, tactics and, uh, and keep these communities safe and to rid them from the, uh, from the terrorist threat that were, that were constant. The area that I was in was uh, classified 90% Viet Cong or Viet Cong sympathetic. Uh, it was a it was a tough tough area, and um, and so I took my job very seriously. And my first experience at teaching was to instruct, if you will, and to instruct by taking folks in the field and whereby they could watch me and learn from me. And uh, after a short period of time, and we were very effective, but after a short period of time, I got hurt. And, uh, and I was out of commission for about a month. And I watched the effectiveness uh, uh, dissipate from the, uh, from the teams that I was teaching. Uh, from the from the uh, from the different companies, uh, South Vietnamese companies, and I realized that I hadn't taught them anything. All I'd done was instruct, and I realized that what's required here 
as an investment in the student themselves. I knew that I needed to dig down and literally teach, and that meant to delegate. Not only be with them, but to run them through the paces, not just at the leader's level, but also at the, the uh, and, and to develop leaders in the ranks, if you will, right down to private. And so I developed ways to do that, uh, to, uh, to uh, get their uh, get their whole mind involved in, in the mission of uh, fighting a war, and uh, uh, and so I have to say that teaching was not my first instinct. It came out of absolute necessity that I not instruct, but instead teach, and that required an investment in students themselves. And, uh, and the investment uh, uh, in a student is, is to my mind, uh, the, the beginning of an effective uh, teaching mentality. So uh, I've never given it up as I, uh, even after uh, my, uh, my work in the field of construction uh, with all the major construction companies that I worked with, I was called upon, and it was kind of unique that every Friday, or we were different companies, different times, I would uh, lead an education or a, a little seminar, if you will, at the end of every week. Usually it would be on a Friday where superintendents, project managers, project engineers, and anybody else that might be interested could come to a class. And we'd pick, pick a different, I let the students pick the topics each week and I'd give a two hour block of instruction on, uh, and it was all construction related of course, you know, how to, uh, how to do particular things, different methods and means and ways. And, uh, and, uh, and so uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So I had, I kept these teaching skills sharp, if you will. And uh, so here I am post-career and now I can take this teaching experience that I learned in the jungles of Vietnam, and I can take it to these rural, and I mean rural, remote uh, locations, places like Bangladesh and the wilds of uh, the Philippines, and get uh, and get right into the heart of the uh, of the working man, if you will, and teach uh, and teach not just skills with the hands, with skills with the mind, and how to plan and organize work. And also uh, teach uh, the responsibility that comes, that's associated with having this knowledge. Uh, we are to pass along what we know, not keep it for ourselves. And not only that, teaching people, especially in places like Bangladesh, or deep in the wilds of uh, the Philippines, that when you know a thing, you have a response, you have a, a responsibility for it. You don't ever have to do it. You always do it all the way. And if you're going to teach anyone, then you don't turn your back until they've actually learned it. You didn't just tell them about it. You had them literally perform it themselves. And uh, and I think, in a lot of ways, that's uh, thinking about the uh, the life of, of Jesus on this earth. And isn't that pretty much the way? that he was able to teach his disciples.
the entrepreneur as teacher or the teacher as entrepreneur. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit of both. It's interchangeable. So that was a, a great interview, and uh, we will hear the conclusion of that uh, when we come back. But, uh, but first, I want to tell you about the Ministry of Leadership and Communications. That is, we'd love to tell your story, uh, just like Randy is telling his story here uh, in uh, this uh, special work in progress uh, type of uh, type of program. Uh, it doesn't matter what you go into, uh, and it doesn't matter what you start. But when you do it as outreach and you really see God's hand uh, in your work, uh, that's really what ministry leadership and communications is all about. Uh, we'd love to have you join us uh, in that. Uh, just uh, send us an email to ministryleadershipcommunications at gmail.com. I'm Richard Beatty. We'll be back with Lowell, and Lowell's going to talk about outreach uh, with Randy uh, in this last part of, uh, of this interview. So here you are, an innovative concrete worker, who, uh, and out of that, you've also become, or as a part of that, maybe I should say, you have become an amazing teacher as well to people. Uh, what, a, what a beautiful picture and tapestry that, that the Lord has woven into your life in, in so many ways there with that. And... And then he's used that as a catalyst for you in your in your walk with him. Um, what uh, and anything else you have to say about how that has facilitated your own spiritual journey of, of God touching you in uh, in your journey with him? Well, I'm often I often remind myself of Jesus in his last days on, his, uh, on the road to Jerusalem and the story of the fig tree that was fruitless. And the fruitless fig tree did not fare well. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and the moral of that story was that we are to produce uh, our life on this earth. We are to co-create. Uh, and we are to, I, I think to myself on occasion, that in explaining the mysteries maybe beyond human understanding of God's presence, I, I oftentimes think that to maybe explain to the secular world that if there was a benevolent energy of love, just accept the concept of a benevolent energy of love, and this energy had power over matter, what would it do? Well, it would share. It would share uh, the love. It would create uh, to sh to create for the creation to share in uh, in love and creation. It, it is a uh, and I think uh, that puts some things into perspective for me. And if I'm made in God's image, am I also not? Uh, made to uh, co-create and to uh, and to share 
uh, what I know and uh, and to share my thoughts and um, you know I uh, so I, I think really that in, a, in itself in, in a nutshell is is uh, what goes through my mind and, and not just occasionally but uh, most every day what uh, what drives my uh, what drives me to continue uh, in my pursuit of of uh, improving the mechanical properties of concrete and other building uh, products. As you alluded to before, a, a lightweight insulating concrete that lasts two centuries, that could be part of a house, uh, makes an asset for the third world. And insulation in the third world, bear in mind, is not just, doesn't just in the uh, in the uh, extremes of the pole of the polar extremes, or in the equatorial band around the Earth, um, air conditioning uh, is not going to get accomplished necessarily by uh, machines and uh, electricity because they don't have it in many cases, and uh, and so um, and so air conditioning is not comfort; it's basic human survival, uh, the children in Bangladesh, as I came to understand, if the infant children are born in the uh, hot months of the year, they stand a 50% chance of survival. Fifth, one, in, one in two survive that wow. extreme heat in their infant, in these infant times. So, uh, and so, to me, uh, concrete is not just this gray stuff that uh, is wet and then it gets hard it is liter literally building blocks that provide, and because they last a couple of centuries, can literally become an asset uh, for a family that will transcend uh, generations. It'll become property of the children and their children and the children after them. And, uh, and so it becomes uh, truly a family asset and lifts them up. Uh, from uh, a degree of poverty. So you've used concrete as a way to facilitate human flourishing, if we could use that word and, and do that, whether you're building a high-rise or uh, whether you're building light concrete for uh, folks in, in Bangladesh. And, uh, and you're also using... Uh, concrete has has been like a parable to you with the uh, to the fig tree and Jesus teaching on that that resonates deeply with you and your uh, and your teaching and, and reaching out to to people in that way what a uh, what a glimpse I think into into the the soul work that God wants to do in us in in contributing to to human flourishing, but also to touch our own lives invariably with the very work of our hands. Uh, with the uh, in this case with Randy is uh, work with concrete as well as his uh, his work in passing on and teaching what uh, insights and innovations he's pursued to uh, to further the cause. Thank you so much, Randy, for being with us today and, and uh, really uh, love your story and what you have to share. 
Well, thank you, Lowell, and thank you, Randy, for being on the show. And uh, this is a new feature that we've been working on, Work in Progress. And it's, uh, it's about... It's about our work, and it's about uh, finding God in our work. It has everything to do with uh, Lowell's book, Soul Work, Finding God in Your Entrepreneurial Pursuits, by Lowell W. Busnitz. And uh, you can find out more about what we're doing with ministry, leadership, and communications. Uh, Just send us an email, ministryleadershipcommunications at gmail.com. I'm Richard Beatty, and I'm with the Sound Century Audio Network and Ministry Leadership and Communications. Thanks for listening.